This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Shall we begin? Your father saved your life with one of these things? Aren't they psycho murder machines? They're change machines. The boxes don't think in terms of healing or killing, alive or dead. They rearrange matter at the will of their masters, regenerate, reinstate. Reinstate? A box has the power to reinstate anterior particle relationships. So you mean in the way that particles of matter can't be created or destroyed, their relations just transform? Burn down a house, the particles still exist. Particles of house become particles of smoke. Anybody with a match can turn a house to smoke. Put them on the box, turn smoke back into a house. I know we're all thinking the same thing right now. Who's gonna say it? I'm not gonna say it. FM 89.9. It is 7.39 and you're listening to Popcorn Culture. It is, of course, of course our supercut. I'm Lynn. You are? At this point, after listening to that clip, I'm not sure. I think I might be Sharmila. And I'm Arvin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry I made you do that. I just... Brief me on the bits we're doing. I... This is not Snyder Cut. <laughs> So sorry. There's a script. Yes, you're right. You're right. No, so I, I just, this is my incredibly awkward way of saying that this, we're without our friend tonight. Our friend is in another country in Southeast Asia, and we try to get a guest to join us on the show, but perhaps apt for our topic today. <laughs> I was thinking. They decided not to join. And so it's just us two to talk about shows that um, shows or movies that you simply gave up on, which I'm hoping for our listeners is not this episode of this show. So, okay, that clip, obviously, um, is the Snyder Cut of the Justice League. We've talked about this before. I So the clip is there because when we talked about what we've given up on and will probably never return to, yes. I simply said Zack Snyder. <laughs> I felt a little mean because actually I, I still say this, I've said this before, I think he's a nice person. In his interviews, he comes across as lovely, talks a lot about charity and, and does a lot. But, you know, I, I, unlike you, Lynn, was actually a fan of him, a fan of his work, uh, particularly for Watchmen all those years ago. I realise now that I should have just listened to you. So I have never, um, so on my own, left to my own devices, I would never have um, started on Zack Snyder, never mind given up. So it, it's a little bit tricky for me to talk about because I know that he's got a lot of fans. I recognise why. He has a very specific visual style. Um, if you like his films and their humour, then... Or, or lack thereof, depending on you know where you land on the spectrum. I get it. I mean, Snyder Cut, um, the the Snyder Cut version of Justice League was so intensely anticipated, to the and, and so heavily called for. That's part of the reason mm. why it exists. So the rabid fan base, hence the continuation of his multi-million dollar career. But there are so many reasons why I've given up. Um, part of it, let's just talk simply, is the length. Uh, the length, the constant need to go back and revise things. The um, Something comes out, it's not that great. And then the multiple media statements about how, well, you know, it was edited wrong. Here's what you were actually meant to see. Uh, and now here's the 10-hour version of that thing that was supposed to be. So I think what I've actually soured on and lost my patience with is the expectation that the audience is 100% along for whatever ride it is. Somehow with Zack Snyder movies, I feel like nothing is ever the thing you're shown. It's instead a trick for you to buy into a lot more. So that is our opening salvo um, in tonight's show in which, again, what we're talking about 
are uh, is that exact moment, that moment where you decide, hey, you know what? I cannot with you anymore. <laughs> and that can be a TV show. It can be a movie franchise. It can even be a standalone movie. Just something that you started watching. Like and if then... you walked out of a cinema. Exactly. Just something that you started watching and then you thought to yourself, you know what? I'm giving up. I don't want to watch this. We want to know what are the things that you never completed, <laughs> that you just couldn't stand fundamentally. Um, and when that moment was, if you can remember, that number to send us a voice note or WhatsApp is 018-789-8899. You can also, of course, tweet us at BFM Radio. So, um, I think we can hit to the messages because there's one that I wanted to get to. No one on Instagram gave us quite a fulsome answer. A lot of titles to discuss. So they said, everyone's going to hate me, but Squid Games. I feel like the plot is not original. It goes on from there, but let's talk about Squid Game first. Interesting. Um the plot was actually something a lot of people liked it for, right? The fact that it turned this reality TV thing into this heightened high stakes. Mm. Of course, it's pretty similar to something like Battle Royale. Um, I didn't think the plot was the problem, but I think I understand why people might quit. It gets a little bit samey, samey after a few ah, episodes. So I think that this is the problem with the function of a game style um, you know, frame or, or conceit because then everything is about the game and everything is about winning or losing or continuing and it does get a little bit rough. No one goes on to say... Also, all the cringy Netflix rom-coms. I'm looking at you, Never Have I Ever and Ginny and Georgia. Uh, Emily in Paris. I can't even survive the pilot episode. The Good Wife. Um, I love the legal part of it, but I can't stand the husband-wife drama. Wednesday simply because the show went viral. Oh. No one. Okay. <laughs> and then they go on to say, I never liked the show. Um, like Squid Game just gave me Korean Hunger Games vibes. Oh, okay. So some things I deeply agree with, some things I'm like appalled by because I loved Wednesday. Um, but Emily in Paris, I definitely quit. We had to review the first season. Um, I admitted I was addicted to it and then I decided I wouldn't go back to an addiction that I'd managed to kick. Um Never Have I Ever, though, actually is legitimately one of those shows that I hate watched and decided I'm never going to watch the show again. So um, at this point, I'm going to incite baseball a little bit because obviously we review things um, not for a living, but part of our living. And so sometimes the impetus to keep going is because we're going to review yes. something. Um, and then that in turn sometimes makes you hate, okay, hate strong, but sometimes makes you dislike something that you might otherwise have been all right. If I, you I could. don't know if I feel, I don't know whether that's the exact problem we never have I ever. Because if you imagine not having to binge Never Have I Ever or, you know, having to commit to it because you've made a promise to your friends, um, you know, and you just left it on in the background while you had dinner, you left it on in the background while you did other things, I just don't think the hate would be as much. Let me tell you something. I have started background watching Emily in Paris. I still despise her. Season two? Yes, I have a huge problem with her. I will probably never <laughs> not have a problem with her. The show itself, though, perfectly inoffensive. I'm fine with it. Now that I no longer have to professionally speak about it. I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, it, and, and, you know, this is a unique problem, right? Like very few people um, have to watch something even if they dislike it, which is why I find it interesting to hear about the people who quit. Because when I thought about this, um, I realized actually there are a lot of things that I wish I could have quit, but I had to keep watching, um, which is perhaps a slightly different problem. Or perhaps it's a problem if you have a partner or a friend who makes you watch stuff with them. So uh, tonight it is just... Lynn and Charmilla and a Lynn who earlier pretended to be Arvind for sympathy. So um, it's just the two of us. In other words, we really want to hear from you. Um, let us know. The topic tonight is, what is the thing that you just gave up on? You just quit. Um, whether it's a singular movie, whether it's a franchise, whether it's a TV series, we want to hear about A, what's the title? B, when was the moment? When was the moment that you that you actually just like, you know, decided, never mind. Uh, send us a voice note, please. 018-789-8899. You can also drop us a WhatsApp. And of course, tweet us at BFM Radio. Now, our next one is uh, another kind of... It's a crowd favourite if you go based on the diminishing box office returns. Uh, and that's Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, um... 
it actually saddens me to say this because I loved the first Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, I pretty much enjoyed the second too, but it really is the law of diminishing returns with that one. And of course, now the next one is going to be significantly retooled. Um, not going to have Johnny Depp from what I hear. Uh, but I just feel that Come on, it was a it was a film series inspired by a ride. There's only so much that you can do with it. Uh, by the third movie, you're just you're just making Jack Sparrow larger and larger than he was ever meant to be. He was meant to be a supporting character. Now he's like a mythical hero, right? Yeah, and and it's just too much. At he's some Dominic point, Toretto. Gosh, thank God we don't have ten of these films. Ships you just like flying now. off into the sky. You say this now. Soon it'll be like pirates. Are <laughs> like I don't know. You don't. I'm already imagining Fast and Pirates like crossover, Pirates and the Furious. Can you imagine? It would be something. We're not, however, talking about crossovers this evening, sadly. <laughs> uh, although that one also, I will quit very fast. So we're talking tonight about things that you quit. Again, let us know. Um, what is a, either a movie, a movie franchise, or a show that you quit? What was the tipping point? What happened? Uh, voice note, 018-789-8899. Send us a WhatsApp or tweet us at BFM Radio. Might I point out that we are still short one pirate lord, and I'm as content as a cucumber to wait until South Hang joins us. There'll be a third course. In another age, at this very spot, the first Brethren Court captured the sea goddess and bound her in her bones. That was a mistake. Oh, we tamed the seas for ourselves, aye, but opened the door to Beckett and his ilk. Better were the days when mastery of seas came not from bargains struck with eldritch creatures, but from the sweat of a man's brow and the strength of his back alone. You all know this to be true. Gentlemen, ladies. We must free Calypso. Shoot him and cut out his tongue, then shoot his tongue. And trim that scraggly beard. Benchmark for managers. BFM 89.9. Oh, yeah. They taught you good. Made you believe their world was all you deserved. But some part of you knew that was a lie. Some part of you remember what was real. You don't know me. No? I know you because I know the only thing that still matters to you. I know it's why you're here, why you're still fighting, and why you will never give up. Come on, Neo. This is it. This is your last chance. You gotta fight for damn life if you wanna see Trinity again. Come on, Neo, Viper! Yeah, right, Neo. Uh, BFM 89.9. It is 7.52 and you're listening to Popcorn Culture with just... Lil old Lynn and Sharmila. Um, again, Quit on, abandoned, temporarily. Yeah, temporarily. Arvin is coming back. We're just playing up the the sad sack card because tonight um, we're talking about moments where people just up and leave, like Arvin. No, uh, we we're talking about, we are talking about things that people quit, um, whether it's movies, movie franchises, shows, things that you just decide, you know what, I cannot with you anymore, goodbye. Um, we'd like to hear what are some of the things that you did that for. Uh, what was the tipping point? Which movie? Um, which minute? <laughs> which episode? Uh, you can send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. So uh, that was Matrix. But was it? Well, you know, the movie would argue, yes. But you know what was sad is that when I was trying to get that clip, um, and it was the dojo scene, right, which is meant to be a callback to the original dojo scene. Um, it's supposed to make you feel... I realised I'd completely forgotten what that scene was. I'd completely forgotten what part it played in the movie, what the significance of any of it was, or what the emotional resonance was. And that's because... 
I'm realizing that while I kind of enjoyed watching Matrix Resurrection, it really just makes me feel like this was an idea that should have been put to rest a long time ago. There was no need for there to be a revisit of the Matrix. No, and also with all due respect, it, it, I think, um, you know, the makers themselves kind of pointed out that this was a cynical grab by the studio. So it's not as if we mm. can't talk about it because it's it's out there in the public domain. In fact, it's built into the movie. Um, but I, I also think that on the surface of it, the philosophical sci-fi world of The Matrix should be able to contain a lot of episodes, right? In theory, you could explore the world, uh, you could expand the mythology, you could create new scenarios for but people to be in. But that's why Animatrix worked. Yes, so that's yeah. that's it, right? So there are ways to do it properly and there are other ways in which you're just like, okay, so so we're just in the black leather and the whatever and I, I'm, I'm kind of done. So your point actually is great because I think The Matrix, even if it was just that one movie, would have been perfect. It's really perfect in itself because it tells that story. The problem is that now they want to use the same characters, expand that to tell multiple larger and larger and larger stories, when actually you could have used that as a backdrop to tell different stories. So I'm going to go from The Matrix to other movie franchises, um, obviously deeply related. From Adam, the Fast and Furious franchise. <laughs> I stopped because they focus too much on the action. Uh, Magat also says the Fast series. You know, until yesterday when our review aired, I think I would have safely said I'm on their side. Now apparently I want to watch more after Fast X. So, you know... Actually, this is a whole other kettle of fish uh, to talk about when it is that you decide to go back in. I know. <laughs> like when something turns a corner, you know, and you, you realise, oh, actually, I'm kind of into it. Is it like family? They inevitably draw you back in. Doesn't matter whether they're good or bad. It's family. It's family. You know? Um, meanwhile, Alfred says, Twilight, I couldn't get past the second movie. Alfred, you know, if you think of them as not the serious twilight that they aim to be, but rather a sort of metaphysical experience that you can just sail through. Because I love all four films, unabashedly. Twilight's interesting because I think the second movie... Uh, how many movies are there four. even? They kind of blur for me. But uh, I... I feel bad that you didn't get to four because four is crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. So it, it's kind of tough because one, you could almost argue is objectively a good movie. Like it's well made. Two and three is is really tough, but you have to slog through them to get to the insanity when of four. When is the CGI toddler? That's four, right? CGI toddler. Oh, Michael Shannon three. laughing. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Michael... It's not Michael. Not Michael Sheen. Michael Sheen. Sheen. Michael, Michael Shannon Sheen. laughing is terrifying. Mm. I've made the same mistake before. <laughs> um, okay, we're going to come back and continue talking about series, uh, whether it's shows, franchises or movies that we just up and quit, that we decided, you know what, goodbye, cannot anymore, farewell. Uh, we want to know what are some of the things that you've quit. Uh, when was the tipping point? You can send us a voice note, 018-789-8899. You can also tweet us at BFM Radio. For the next one, I'm just going to do a mea culpa because I gave up on beef. I was shocked. I actually literally just found this out like a day or two ago. I'm still I, a bit shook. I watched up until episode three and then just couldn't um, be in the stress of these people's company anymore. And I and that, by the way, is just me. I recognize that. The performances were great, Stephen Yun in particular. The writing is good. I can see all of that. I, I think I was just not in the mood for the anger. Beef has that, you know, a lot of series have the, you have to go past a hump. Yeah. Beef has a definite second or third episode hump. If you make it through that, you like it. I'm not saying you have to go back to it, but I'm saying I get it that that's the point that you dropped off. At. I probably will. To be honest, I know this one is me. Uh, we're going to hear a bit of Beef. Again, let us know what is a movie show or movie franchise that you just gave up on. Send it all our way and keep it here. BFM 89.9. <laughs> What is your problem? What? Where are you at? Where are you at? What are you doing? Stop. Stop, 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 stop. I have a very full life that I'd love to get back to. I'm going to find you and take what little you have. You're just a suburban housewife, and now you're stuck in a life you never wanted. 
big front man. BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9. It is 8.09 and you're listening to Popcorn Culture. That's just a super cu- because it has Lynn and Sharmila and sadly no Arvin. I'm trying to find a new way. You're giving no, uh, you're giving Arvin no, no quarter this show, are you? No, no, it's not that. It's just because it's the first time that we're doing a show, just the two of us. That's true. And I'm trying to, like I said, openly, I'm not, I'm not lying. I'm trying to get sympathy points so that we get more messages because with just the two of us, more than ever, we want to hear from you. And today we're talking about movies, shows or movie franchises that we simply quit, that we just decided, you know what, it's not worth the trouble, I cannot anymore. And we're asking you, what are some of the things that you just decided, never mind, I'm done? Uh, And at what point, if you'd like to share, you can send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Sharmila, where are you on The Mandalorian? Actually, listening to that theme made me a little bit sad because it's such a great theme. It reminded me of how how I was blown away by season one, right? Because I was one of those who waited legally and patiently until Disney Plus actually came to our shows. And so I was a bit late on catching up on Mando and I loved it so much. It was such a good show. Season two was equally good, a little bit less the height of season one. But, you know, weirdly, ever since then, it might be because of Boba Fett. It might be because of Obi-Wan. I haven't even started season three. And it's not because I don't want to. I think I will at some point. You're maybe a little further down this path than I am because I still love Star Wars. Um, I, I don't know. I think I'm waiting for a little bit little bit of like maybe refresh the palette before going back to Mando? Okay, so I I really liked Mando season one. Um, I love the actual kind of um, embracing of the space cowboy notion. Um, I, I enjoyed all of that so very much. I think the theme is one of the best things yes. about it. It really sets the tone. And the, the opening and closing credits. Yes, yeah. yes. It looks fantastic. Um, I like the griminess, that, that classic Star Wars cantina griminess of the whole show. So there's a lot of stuff in Mando that I I like and appreciate. And then just because I chose not to watch (laughs) Boba Fett, suddenly I find myself punished by season three being absolutely incomprehensible to me. And I just lost patience. I've had it with the overlords. No, no, that is is the exact point at which, and I watched Boba Fett. That's the exact point at which I thought, you guys are tricking your fans and it's not fair. Um, You promised everyone a Boba Fett show. He's a seminal character. People have been waiting for decades. You make a show and then it's actually just a thinly veiled Mandalorian 2.0. And now you're saying you have to watch Boba Fett, which isn't that great a show if you can watch season three. I feel like it's it's a it's a it's a clear disrespect to the fans kind of moment. Yeah, so for me much as listening to that theme almost tricks me into wanting to go back and rewatch it, but I think I have to admit to myself that I've probably I've given up a Mandalorian and I think I might have given up a little bit on random Star Wars. Even though I love Star Wars. So movies, yes, depends lah. But no more shows. <laughs> Yeah, perhaps so. I, I, I get it. It makes me sad to hear you say it. It makes me sad that there's a part of me that actually understands it. Because ask, I don't know, 13, 14 year old me, if you told me that we had like six, a wealth, yeah, a of, wealth of Star Wars content to consume, I would have thought, okay, this is the life I've been waiting for forever. And yet here we are. So Benjamin says, 
Star Wars Episode 9, somehow Palpatine returned, I roll. Um, so clearly we're not alone on the Star Wars thing. Uh, episode 9 really, for me, jumped the shark. Um, I love Episode 8. I liked Episode 7. Uh, but yeah, um, Episode 9 again just felt to me like they didn't know what to do and they just needed to course correct. Episode 7 scratched the nostalgia itch. Yes. Um, so you could argue that there's not much of a reason for Episode 7 to exist because it's a rehash of what we've seen before. But that doesn't change the fact that it's delightful, that there's a delight to watching this. Episode 8 I thought was great. I have no issue whatsoever. And then 9, yeah, somehow Palpatine returned. Somehow nobody's read Romeo and Juliet. Somehow we're still <laughs> making the same mistakes. You know, that kind of stuff really did get to me. Benjamin goes on to say, Despite the logic-defying stunt or plot of the Fast and Furious franchise, I've not grown out of it. Probably because they doubled down on the insanity rather than using it as an excuse to be lazy or have shortcuts. It ain't much, but at least it knows what kind of movie it's turned into and it stands proud. So I guess the lesson there, at least from Benjamin's message, is that if you're going to be incomprehensible, just be incomprehensible from the start. Don't make like six great movies and then suddenly decide, you know what, logic doesn't make sense anymore. Speaking of logic, Tony says, Gotham was so awful that I couldn't get over the first few episodes. The Flash too, I stopped after a few seasons. I just couldn't accept how anyone could just walk into Star Lab and catch everyone by surprise. Like how there's no CCTV in Star Wars when it's convenient. Um, I quit Gotham after the first few episodes as well. I was very excited about it. Um, but really, it didn't make sense to me. I didn't I didn't really want a Gotham without Batman, which is what it is. Okay, speaking of, uh, well, comics, Disney... Are you opening that can of worms? Okay, because, look, it's not me. <laughs> awesome Yanist says, Marvel ended with Endgame, for all I care. Ah, that is a controversial opinion. Is it? Okay, no, genuinely, We did the it? whole Marvel Supercut. We did. And actually, the responses to it also was mixed. There were people saying they feel like it's gone a little too far. I will say this, the fact that I'm not really excited about any of the new Marvel shows, um, except Loki 2, and that's only because Loki 1 was so great. Um, the fact that every new movie that comes out, I'm increasingly just expecting it to be bad, says something. So... I think the the reduction in expectation is a huge problem, right? Like, like th there used to be a time where you set the standard and then you expected them to clear it. Now, on the other hand, it's sort of a, well, you, let's see. You hope that they live up to your expectations. Yeah, so I, I can't quit the MCU because of work, um, which is not, again, the kind of like sexy, fun invitation people want to the movies, right? It's like, I, I am here for work. Thank you. <laughs> Nobody wants that. But... Left to my own devices, um, I would probably just catch them all on streaming. I don't know that. Not not all. Not all. That's not fair. But I I take breaks. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure I said this during the Supercut that we focused on the MCU. I find it difficult to um, wholeheartedly love movies or TV shows. And actually, the MCU is probably the only example of this that I cannot recommend to somebody anymore because there's just too much for them to watch. It's like recommending a soap opera, like The Bold and the Beautiful. And then you tell someone, you know what's really great? Season 73, episode 5. Watch from the beginning, though, for all of that. Like, mm. it makes no sense. If you don't watch it, you won't understand why everyone's crying. <laughs> like, what the heck? Um, are says Star Wars they lost me at Solo Rogue One is still the best though I might agree Han Solo wasn't the best film oh. Han Solo didn't need to be made speaking of um, Rogue One set us up for okay this is why I said I'm giving up on I was going to ask you about Andor yes I've never given no 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 I've, I've never before See, and regretted it they bring you back they don't bring me back. I'm telling you, I'm not watching Boba Fett. I'm, I'm just not. I, I, I cannot. Um, nor am I returning to Mandalorian, I think. But will I watch Andor when it returns? Of course. But that already has me. It's different. It's not a new edition. What if you had to watch Boba Fett to watch Andor season two? Ah. Then you know what? I will just enjoy um, season one again. <laughs> uh, as you know, I don't have... A spoiler problem. I already also knows. I uh, knows. I, I knows what's happened. Um, I already know what happens to Andor, so I'm fine. Fine lah. That wasn't the trap I thought it was. It's a trap. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Turns out no. <laughs> um, 
Yang says too much Marvel makes it no longer marvelous. Yeah, sadly. Um, actually, that you know, it's a it's a pun, but I agree. I miss the sense of wonder and the marvel that I used to feel for those movies. Okay, just to set up our next clip, uh, we have we we haven't had the show come up actually, which. Mm, I, I don't know if it surprises me or not. I think it's disappeared from people's minds. Okay, because um, Chung Sen says Rings of Power, which um, is not a unique take in that I've heard so many people say that they just couldn't do it. Um, Rings of Power, I agree. Um, the, 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 the sad thing is that's the inverse of the three-episode hump. You kind of uh, yeah. think it's getting better and then suddenly the last three episodes just kind of throw you off a cliff and you regret ever taking that path. A lot of money, I think, mm. went towards the first bit. It, it, you can actually see like a difference in in world building yes. later on. And even character development, yeah, actors' yeah. commitment to playing their roles, as I think they realise the script is increasingly bad. So that leads us uh, from Rings of Power to Game of Thrones. Um, and actually specifically House of the Dragon, which, again, without work to compel me, I kind of dropped off on. So which surprised I, me. I, that did surprise me. So, you know, beef and now House of... Do I even know you? You know? You know? <sighs> But um, House of the Dragon I actually genuinely enjoyed. I think because for me, it reminded me of the heyday of Game of Thrones. But that's really interesting in the context of um, how much people dislike the final season and maybe even the final two seasons of Game of Thrones because I know lots of people who quit. Okay, so I, I think Game of Thrones quitting is kind of intriguing because House of the Dragon is different. It, it's, um, it throws you back so far that you don't actually know people and so season one is really just a, a character building thing again. So if you don't particularly like the various similarly named Targaryens, then maybe you're not going to be particularly invested in it. Game of Thrones was tough because... You want to know what happens yes, to them. That's the thing. And because and the books can't tell you. The they books haven't can't been tell written you. yet. And then because the show is so brutal, it is so brutal, it will be hit somebody you think is a hero. <laughs> it, they don't care. They will be hit them over and over again. <laughs> they, they don't mind. <laughs> because they're like that, people I think found it harder to drop off. Like dropping off then becomes an even greater emotional slap in the face because Theoretically, you've had people invested in whether or not someone's going to be king or queen. That and I think actually if you had a like a group of friends or a social circle that was kind of, you know, talking about Game of Thrones is a big part of something you do. And actually there were many people like that. You suddenly felt like you didn't have anything to talk about, right? Because now you're not interested anymore. I know I felt a little twinge when like a friend said, you know what, I'm not watching Game of Thrones anymore. I'm like, but, but, but we used to talk about it. Nevertheless, people dropped off. So that's what we're talking about today. Movies, movie franchises, TV shows that you just quit, that you just decided to metaphorically walk out on and say, I'm never coming back. Um, we want to know what are some of yours and what was the tipping point? What was the moment where you decided never again, friends? Um, you can send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Fourth Moolah, BFM 89.9. Hey, Ted, what are you doing for Halloween? Well, uh... what? Every Halloween, Ted waits for the slutty pumpkin. That's right. What's the slutty pumpkin? You mean who is the slutty pumpkin? It was four years ago. I was at this Halloween party up on the roof of our building, about to call it an early night, when out of nowhere appeared this girl in the sexiest pumpkin costume. <laughs> wait, how can a pumpkin costume be sexy? It 
was carved in strategic places. <laughs> so, uh, we're at the bar, and I see her mix Kahlua, Kahlua and, and root beer. A cocktail she invented herself. And she, she ca called it the Tootsie Roll. Because, because it, it tastes, tastes like, like an alcoholic Tootsie hey, Roll. can I please tell the story? So we had this instant connection. She gave me her number. But then something, something went, went terribly wrong. Guys! <laughs> and something went terribly wrong. BFM 89.9, it's 8.24, and you're listening to Popcorn Culture. It is Supercut with Lynn and Sharmila, Missing Arvin tonight. Uh, today we are talking about movies, franchises, TV shows that we simply gave up on. Um, this is in honour, actually, of Fast X, which none of us can seem to quit. But, you know, <laughs> it, it seemed like the right time to explore the topic. So, um, again, if you've ever encountered this scenario where you're watching something and then you just decide, you know what, actually I'm done with you. We want to hear about it. What was the thing you were watching? What was the tipping point? Uh, send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. We kind of have a message related to that clip. But before that, Sharmila, tell us on why you quit on Ted Mosby. Oh my God. <laughs> Even his friends don't like him. Do okay. you hear them talking to him? You know that there's a whole subsection of people who really identify with Ted. Yeah, I know. I also know that like um, Johnny Galecki's character in Big Bang Theory, Ted Mosby is up there with characters who were meant to be the lead in a show that ended up being one of the most hated parts of the show. With like a supporting character then becoming the thing that people actually like. So Barney, Even Sheldon. Even why do people like Barney so much? I, I think because, I mean, in comparison to Ted. I feel like it's because Barney knows who he is, but but go on. No, so I actually used to love How I Met Your Mother. Um, I, I watched, I think, I believe up to halfway through. And then I just got tired of the constant, like, teasing of the who the mother was and who she isn't. And, oh, maybe it's this person. Oh, maybe it was that person. So I think at some point I just got bored. And then, and then when the horrible final se final episode, final season happened... I was glad that I didn't stay. Well, Double J is not making that mistake, saying How I Met Your Father, Hilary Duff, did not even finish episode one. Five minutes, quit. Uh, Get Out with Daniel Kaluuya, I didn't quit. I just went through it, though. Interesting. Um, I always find it interesting when, when movies that get good reviews or people generally think are very yeah. good, uh, people don't enjoy them. If you want to get back in touch, tell us why you didn't like Get Out. Ooh, um, Benjamin's back to say, I love How I Met Your Mother, especially because I didn't finish it. <laughs> and it's, <laughs> sorry, I, I'm pausing because I suppose it is a quit, but um, especially because I didn't finish it and it's been so long that all I remember are the good bits. Uh, Benjamin, I don't know. Shamila, did I tell this story on air about revisiting How I Met Your Mother? I think you did, but it might have been in conversation. So um, I recently, because I've been uh, in need of a fair amount of background TV recently while I do things, um, I recently started a rewatch of How I Met Your Mother. When I say recently, I think uh, maybe in the last five, six months, half a year. So I... And I found that the quality varies so wildly that it gets a little bit tough. So I actually am the opposite of you, Benjamin. I only remembered the bad bits. So I went in ready to think that, okay. And then it turns out that it's actually, it was rightly a very good show for a very long time. But if you dropped off season, is it eight or nine that it closes on? Um, whatever the last season is, it's honestly not worth most people's time. Um, and I actually think this is the best way to watch some shows that subsequently don't really like hold up and maybe went on a little too long. Um, a number of people are mentioning it already, but I feel that way about Grey's Anatomy. I love the first few seasons and then subsequently just started getting a little meh and I'm actually quite glad I quit. You say meh, Sue Ann says ridiculous because <laughs> Sue Ann says... Um, I gave up on Glee and Grey's Anatomy when they got to Riddick. Uh, Saint and Blue says Grey's Anatomy, lol, too many seasons. It feels like commitment at this point. Actually, with shows that go on forever, it does start feeling a little bit, or even movie franchises, it does feel like an unbelievable commitment, right? Well, if we go back to, um, I'm trying to remember who it was earlier. Was it Benjamin? Who, who had said that, the thing about the Fast and Furious franchise is that they commit to the insanity. They double down yes. and then they keep going. If you go on that premise, Grey's Anatomy is like that too. So I'm wondering... And it certainly has its fans. There are people yeah. who are stuck 
to it for whatever, however many seasons it's now on, even through cast changes. Yeah, so I'm wondering where the line is when it comes to ridiculousness because I also have a certain tolerance for it. I I, I sometimes like a bit of cheese, um, you know, with my dinner. But I, <laughs> I do wonder about that, about that kind of... How ridiculous too ridiculous? Like, is attempting to bomb the hospital ridiculous? And then, you know, it keeps going from there. I think, um, oh, like Riverdale, it really depends whether you started Grey with drama, with a little bit of soap opera, or you're like soap opera that's trying to be serious. Liz is saying Riverdale. Uh, Storyline just got, <laughs> there's that word again, ridiculous. Riverdale just got <laughs> so crazy. I actually really like the first season. But there's only so many scenes of shirtless people, um, I don't know, like doing all sorts of insane, like multiple reality type things that you can take. Well, um, Liz goes on to say ridiculous, tacky and downright confusing. So, you know, there you go. Um, Meanwhile, we also have Vilvarajan who says, for me, it was dark. I gave up watching it after season two. The show is very mentally exhausting. Oh, that's interesting. So many people have recommended dark to me and I haven't watched it yet, mostly because it feels a bit heavy. Yes, yes. Which is the reason why I haven't watched uh, Midnight Mass. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The show that Arvind and I keep telling you to watch. Yes. Well, yeah. uh, yeah, Now that you guys have started watching Breaking Bad, I don't have a lick to stand on. Yes. And Breaking Bad is a lot more seasons than Midnight Mass, which is just one, by the way. Okay. Noted. Um, Also, right. um, Can I... We haven't actually spoken about something like Bridgerton or The Crown, which I recognise mm. come off as girly shows. So I, I want to make it clear that I'm not talking about it in from that perspective, from the perspective of kind of softer or uh, more drama-driven or what people conventionally think of as chiclet versions of shows, but shows that are anthology-based. Because they're, not, they're episodic, but they live within the series. And then after that, you have to expect the recasting. So you know this. I'd never watched season one of Bridgerton. In fact, it's very rare that I've watched a second season without starting the first. Because I'm a completist. It often bugs me. So in a positive sense, it works, right? Because you can just straight go into like season two without having any investment in season one. However, The Crown actually has the opposite problem because I love the first two seasons. I loved Claire Foy as uh, Queen Elizabeth. But then I increasingly got less invested. The, 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 the current season has been out for months now. I knew when it came out because clearly I'm in their demographic and, you know, they send me the notification. I still haven't watched it. I don't actually know if I will. I'm just not interested. Yeah, same. I, so I dropped off the crown. Um, this is one of those times I do wish Arvin were here to express his like pure... He's such that a, one, he had to watch it for work, you know. And he hates it he so hates, much. He hates it so deeply. He genuinely hates it. Like people can't see him. But his face sort of rises with hate <laughs> yes and he actually hates very few things yes mm-hmm. um and so i don't hate the crown i can't talk about it in those terms but i think it loses something from the recasting i i do believe that i, I think that the storyline and the slowness all of that is, is part of it um but even with something like bridgerton it's a big ask each season to say hey get reimmersed it's like a new show yeah so um queen charlotte the bridgerton um spin-off is it yes it is it is an adjacent show has just come out because it's not one of the alphabetical people in the in the original books um i kind of do want to watch it though mostly just because i love the costumes of queen charlotte in the second season um so Fadsley is saying, I watched Dirilis Ertugrul up to season four, after which I gave up because I cannot sit through another 100 episode season. Fadsley, I think that you have raised the, the bar for everyone to clear because everyone <laughs> giving up after one episode now looks kind of pathetic, like 100 episodes. So 400 episodes is what you've watched, I'm assuming. Season four, 100 episode seasons. So I'm looking at it. Um, okay, let, let me just By the give way, you... the show has so many fans though. Let me just give you the the Prissy. So it's a Turkish historical fiction and adventure TV series. It's set in the 13th century. It's based on the life of Ertugrul, um, the founder, the father of someone who's the founder, Osman, who was the founder of the Ottoman Empire. And I mean, it sounds kind of amazing. It really does. But I'm looking at the number of seasons. It's five. I'm looking at the number of episodes. It's 150 448 on Netflix. Ah, uh, yeah, so it's about 100. Yeah, this is what I heard. It's about 100 episodes per season. It's a huge show. I know tons of people who are really big fans, though. I don't know if I can start even knowing that there's that much ahead. Well, if you have 
any of the Hindi or Tamil channels, and if you have the serials, I'm sorry, that's just the kind of commitment and fortitude you have to bring. Oh. Otherwise, what are you even watching? Oh, 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 uh, someone else brought up... Um Tamil movie. So Husni says, My friend made an interesting statement about the Fast franchise. It's a Tamil action movie franchise for high-nosed people who don't want people to think that they enjoy Tamil action movies. So, uh, and then goes on to say, so I gave up on most series after the second season normally, Lost, Mando, X-Files. Uh, they tend to drag on too much. Husni, I'm so glad you said that because it reminded me of something my grandfather said when I was a kid and we were watching a James Bond movie. Pierce Brosnan was on screen. And my grandfather said, why is it that when James Bond does it, it's okay, but when Rajnikan does it, everyone laughs? And I think that's exactly the point that we should be arguing against. I agree. Mm. I, I think I nosed <laughs> I think I you it. will have heard uh, in our review, if you caught it, not high nosed at all. We, we appreciate the, you know, kind of... It, Insane is a word that keeps coming up, but it honestly doesn't make sense and I'm here for it. Um, Chin Bian says, somehow I couldn't stand Autumn in my heart, a K-drama. Oh, um, that's interesting because Autumn in my heart has so many fans. I don't even watch that much K-drama and I know I know about it. I um, So I haven't watched Autumn in my heart, but I can understand giving up on a K-drama I think it's a different ask, though, because with K-dramas, usually, I mean, they, they, they know what they're doing. They're playing you like a puppet. <laughs> they understand exactly how they're emotionally manipulating you to care about these people that a second ago you thought, like, eh, who are they? So I think to give up on it, though, it might just sometimes be emotionally overwhelming. So I don't watch a lot of soaps anymore. Um, I watch a K-drama, I want to say once every couple of years at most when something happens and I'm like, oh, interesting. And when I do, I always find it a very overwhelming experience because I'm out of practice. And because of that, I dropped out of hometown cha-cha-cha. Despite really enjoying it, I just decided, you know what, I cannot keep doing I, this. I remember like, you telling me when it first came out, like, oh, this is really fun. You should check it out. I really love it. I still love the show. This is not a recommendation. Rather, this is still a recommendation. I just hit a point where I thought, you know what, I, I'm. I, it's kind of saddening me a bit. I want to get to the happy ending. So I just went straight to the ending. Actually, the point about um, you need a certain kind of muscle to appreciate certain sorts of things is it really holds true, especially for, um, like I said, your your Tamil serials and your Hindi serials, mm -hmm. right? Because you've, you've got to get into the kind of storytelling they do. If you sort of come in cold, you're going to be like, what are these like 200 close-ups and fast cuts for like one conversation? But if you watch it every day, that's just how life is. I'm really excited um, to get to this message from Daphne who says ghosted. <laughs> I only saw 30 minutes and not even Chris Evans and Anna de Armas' good looks could save it, which I think is what they were banking on. I'm going to be frank. Yes. I think that they were really banking on that. Uh, Daphne goes on to say, also Rings of Power, which we talked about earlier, absolutely disappointed because Return of the King was probably one of the best movies I've ever seen. This one, the pacing is so slow, I had to force myself to watch it. And then beyond episode six, I couldn't. Um, I think that's a fair drop off, actually. I think if you made it to episode six, yeah, I think I think you've earned the right to stop. Um, Daphne, if you haven't heard our review of Ghosted, we heartily agreed with you. We had to finish watching it, though. OK, let's talk about Ghosted because uh, Dexter Fletcher, uh, erstwhile actor, current director, um, including of Ghosted, kind of went on a film, I think it was either a podcast or a channel of some sort, and gave an interview in which he was asked about the, the bad reviews. And he essentially said... Doesn't matter because in the age of streaming, um, it, which we currently are in, it did really well. Apple told us that according to the metrics yes. that they use internally, in other words, that things um, that people stay beyond the first thirty seconds, that people and which, by the way, thirty seconds anyway, that people stay beyond thirty seconds, that they do X Y Z, that then it hit the mark, and so per Apple, Ghosted is a success. Daphne, I'm sorry to tell you. I mean, I was kind of. Uh, horrified to find that. Yeah, there's going to be a ghost to two and three and four. For what? For why? Well, <laughs> Just because apparently it's a success. Yeah, and and, and you know what? Mm. Compared to Ghosted, the Fast franchise is is actually good filmmaking because at least they understand what they're trying to do. They understand their audience. Yes, it, it, it's not cynical. Yeah, actually, that's the best thing about Fast. Yeah. 
That's d- true. Despite the fact that they are money mining machines, they still want to do fan service. Unlike Ghosted, which is just, I'll pop these people in here. I'll, you know... Make some references to their older movies. Yes. Yeah. I'll make them look like they were forced to be here. Let's take it from there. <laughs> uh, Legion... Legion's got a long message. Um, I'm going to just read the first part of it before we return because it's tied to a point Cameron's also making. Legion says, I quit Law & Order and all its spin-offs, uh, Law & Order, SVU, etc., when I learned that it was all propaganda. In reality, crimes aren't solved quickly and uh, the poor minority people... Um, you know, aren't always the criminals. John Oliver also made a point about it. Um, Kameranism, adding to that, said, I stopped watching a few series, um, like 911, SWAT, Blue, when I felt like the scripts were becoming all the same. It was probably when the writer's strike started to explode, which is a good observation. Um, I also stopped watching when they started to over-eagerly shove their quote-unquote Western values down our throats and try to make it normal. I just can't. Ooh, those are almost making opposite points. But um, that's interesting, right? Because sometimes, yes, the question of um, values or whether it it really is the show that you thought it was or it used to be and how much it changed can significantly alter whether you want to engage with it or not. Yes, um, and something that could have seemed actually procedurals mm. are such an interesting one because at first the rhythm, the rhythms of them are a comfort, right? When you watch a procedural, you know exactly where you are. Uh, something is going, a crime is going to be committed. Then you're going to have to walk through the station. Then you're going to have the standing there and the the bulletin board. You know, you know where you are. But then if you binge, it, it really starts to get <laughs> to you. Those shows are not meant to be binge, right? They were weekly shows. And yet people do now yes. because of the, the style yeah. of, of how it works. As for that point about Western values, I think that this is probably a conversation that we're going to return to a lot because um, increasingly, I think increasingly, some studios um, feel a sort of moral need to to include these elements or to have them in the forefront and increasingly audiences are also growing sensitive to it so i think that that kind of friction is only going to grow so i think i think this the the pushback or the opinions about this can vary part of the problem is when it feels like they're just shoehorning in values to earn to be on the right side of things, to capitalize ah, yes. on um, values, which which feels false and fake and inauthentic. Um, but then there are others that manage to do it really well. Um, so, yeah, I, I get it, though, that it can get annoying for some people. Uh, Legion, by the way, had added on, um, including Outlander, saying that they got sick of, uh, she got sick of the central character behaving, you know, ridiculously <laughs> um, followed by My Fair Princess it was refreshing when it first came out in 1998 but then no they had to make part 2 and then part 3 and the final nail in the coffin <laughs> in 2011 along came a new My Fair Princess I kept away from it after seeing that it was a whopping 98 episodes long Wow! and viewers complained it deviated too much from the original story Dexter uh, I quit at season 3 because I feared turning into a serial killer <laughs> Um, Legion also said that uh, shows which kept my attention included Downton Abbey, how they did how they did it, the Britishness. Um, each season is short, five to six episodes, intelligent dialogue, uh, the characters actually mature, mature, and Dame Maggie Smith. That's so interesting, Legion, because I loved Downton Abbey. It lost me after Dan Stevens left. Mm. Ah, the the someone leaving yes. and then losing people is because, actually a because real thing. Because the actor wanted to leave and yeah. so it wasn't a part of the plot and so the show kind of had to do weird knots to accommodate for it and, and I didn't enjoy it after that. Hey, we haven't spoken about um, Britishness. Yes. And, uh, and with the exception of like a Doctor Who, which is just closing on... Dirito, I don't remember the seven seasons. Uh, no, no, I'm trying ah. to remember the the name of the Turkish Dirilis Ertugrul. Yes. Um. So, aside from because Doctor Who's been going on now forever, it's sort of Star Trekish, right? It's got so many things, got so many episodes. Um. But generally speaking, British shows. Two seasons, six episodes, done. Yes, and so very little need to think about. Can I stick it out? Can I do six episodes? Can I? And, and, and I think that's, I mean, this came up actually on our sitcom show, um, which you weren't here for. Uh, but Cam, Cam Raslan actually made the point that one of the reasons they're able to tell good, solid stories with a beginning, a middle and an end is because they have an idea of how long that story is going to go on for rather than trying to stretch it out. 
Uh, yes, and I think that I was going to make some smart point. I think, I'm not sure, it's lost. But really all I wanted to say was Fleabag. Fleabag yes. is an excellent show, really excellent, and it sticks the landing and it's short. And, and I think we all, people who love Fleabag are always saying, I want more Fleabag. But do we really? I'm not sure. I think what we no. want is just, you know, to be back in the world. I've rewatched Fleabag so many times. In fact, weirdly, after if you had asked me after watching season one, do I want more Fleabag? I would have probably still said no. And then season two is actually even better than season one. But if you ask me now, I don't want more also. But but they finished it so well. There's no more to tell, I feel. So just a quick reminder that what we're talking about today are things that we've just given up on, whether it's franchises, individual movies or shows as a whole. Uh, and we want to hear what some of your titles are that you've just decided, you know what, never mind, never again. Um, you can send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Now back to the messages. Ziang says... Final destination. Didn't know which one it was. Just went in with friends without knowing what it was. Uh, I toughed it out through three <laughs> death anticipations and I tapped out after a rock got inside a grass cutter and blew a hole in a person's face. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if you had to tell, if I had to name the worst movie to w- watch like mid-franchise, Final Destination is probably it. The first movie is the only one even remotely worth watching. <laughs> Just... Thank you, Ziyang, for that description. <laughs> I will not watch it, but, you know, I appreciate being warned. Rowan says, I didn't give up on Snyder Cut. Well done, Rowan. Neither did we, to be fair. Yes, for work. Yes. Um, Rowan did say, though, TV shows I quit, Emily in Paris, Bridgerton, The Magicians. Movies I quit, The Scream franchise. That's a good point. I've also, I've also quit Scream. I never revisited after the second. Mm. Uh, live action Disney movies, Taken, Hunger Games, All the Whodunits, Mission Impossible and Die Hard. No particular moment for me. I just felt like I could watch another movie and I'm not missing out much. Oh, Hunger Games is so interesting because I think the franchise gets better as the movies go along. Um, Mission Impossible, not so surprised. I think Mission Impossible is easy to come back to also. Mission Impossible is like fast. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a much better franchise. Yes. But the point is that you can just kind of watch five and then eight and it doesn't mm-hmm. really matter. I would like to talk about live action Disney because next week we're reviewing Little Mermaid. Yes. And um, look, am I, did I get chills when the trailer came on? I did. Do I still wish that the movie and all its other cousin sisters and brothers didn't exist? Kind of still, yes. I haven't watched uh, Wendy and Peter, Peter and Wendy, whichever it is that Mm. came out. I haven't watched Pinocchio, which got terrible reviews. Um, Both of those because Dumbo scarred me, I think. Well, that and the studio drowned them anyway because they... They They dropped them on streaming. Uh, I am cautiously very excited about Little Mermaid, but I cannot make a case that they need to exist. That's the thing, right? Um, I, I get representation, you know, having little children feel that the hero looks like them. I get all of that. I just make new story. I, I don't know. So you it, know? it starts feeling crass and commercial when they're already making a live action Moana. Yeah. yeah. And Moana just came out ten year, less than 10 years ago. Well, um, I also wanted to ask, Rowan, when you say whodunit, do you mean Knives Out? <laughs> I it, didn't even think of that. Right? Because, yes. okay, if you're just talking about um, Kenneth Branagh's investment in Agatha Christie. Um, I, it, it's fine. I mean, I think those movies are fun. Um, but if you quit, I'm not going to be aghast. But um, it, not watching like a Knives Out yeah. and a Glass Onion because it falls in, into the whodunit category. I mean, it's fine if you don't like them, but it, it's a pity if you're just dismissing them out of the whodunit. Also, quitting a whole genre, not liking a whole genre is really interesting. I don't think we've done that as a show, and maybe we should. Ooh. Like, what genre do you just actively avoid? Interesting. Based on today, a lot of romance, I think. Mm. People people tend to quit romance quite a bit. Case in point, Lok saying, I gave up on Twilight. Okay, we already <laughs> did our big sell on Twilight, but I, I... Never thought, never thought in my career that in the same week, I would be heartily advocating for the Fast movies and Twilight. To be fair, you're not advocating for Twilight 2 and 3. You're saying that 4 is nuts. It's and worth getting to. Yeah. 4 is genuinely... But maybe maybe we're saying that because we're online, you know, um, it's memed a lot. And so 
part of the I don't know whether the humour is like inherent in the film or whether part of it comes from having seen it meme also I watched it with friends and we laughed at all three all four movies I, I laughed at all four yeah. um, I find them really great stress relievers but I understand why others might not Jesper says um, okay some of the stuff I quit watching CSI Law and Order Criminal Minds Grey's Anatomy Private Practice um, The Practice Boston Legal Boston Public and then some big ones Lord of the Rings The Hobbit Star Trek Star Wars uh, Jaws which fair enough Deep Blue Sea X-Men Dracula Halloween Nightmare on Elm Street Walking Dead fair enough again Coronation Street Neighbours and Killing Eve Jasper I'm interested because did you quit The Lord of the Rings but then decided to give The Hobbit a try. Such an interesting choice. And you could do that because The because Hobbit a is a prequel. So theoretically. Yeah, but I kind of feel like if you watched one Lord of the Rings movie and you realise it's not for you. But maybe the hype. Mm. Ah, the hype could get Maybe you. someone dragged you to the cinema. Killing Eve, I'm glad someone brought up because I was obsessed with the first season. Really loved it. Thought it was amazing. And then I started started the second and then I, I couldn't get going. I watched one episode of Killing Eve. Uh, Eve. <laughs> Killing Eve. Really loved it and then somehow just never went back. Which is funny, right? Because it's a thriller. Yes. Um, I don't know. There are some shows I think that you keep thinking you'll get back to, like The Wire, and then I just never do. Oh, Rowan is back. Rowan is back to say, I did watch Knives Out, Glass Onion, um, but I was so easily distracted once the first murder happened, I couldn't follow through. Interesting. Maybe just not for you. Rowan, do stay tuned for the which genre do you dislike show. Yeah. I look forward to hearing from you. Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm really quite fascinated, partly because... Um, I mean, Glass Onion had mixed reviews. Even with us, it had mixed reviews. But, but Knives Out is, yeah, yeah. You know, so quite fascinated. Meanwhile, okay, I've been waiting to get to Nat because it made me laugh a little bit. Nat says, where do I even start? Perhaps because I'm hitting the four series, but I don't have patience when a show decides to go on an acid trip or lost its way or when they decide to have just another season. Things got to end, guys. <laughs> I dropped The Witcher, now got spin-off or prequel or whatever it is, <laughs> Homeland and anything Shonda Rhimes. My current fave is Slow Horses. I love that show and I'm okay if there's no new season. I feel like an adult saying that. <laughs> Actually, Nat, that has been the tone of the show today. So yeah, sometimes you just don't need more than one season and it's fine. Hey, um, can I just say though, I, Nat, I cannot remember if it was, if it began with you, but if it did, thank you. Because a few people started recommending Slow Horses on the show. And so I started watching it. You are right. It is fantastic. <laughs> and I agree with you. Let's be adults. If there's no other season, although I think there is actually, um, if there's no other season, I would also be okay. But this is just a shout out because I think sometimes the shows on this particular streamer <laughs> don't get watched as much. Slow Horses is tremendous. It is a very good show. Actually, this particular streamer has some decent shows and then a lot of other garbage shows. Yes, and, and mm. then I think people don't always want to add on yeah. because they're not part of the mega streamer yes. option here. Um, but yes, I, I just want to say Slow Horses, people aren't all on it. It's very good. Um, Fyrus says, has anyone mentioned Suits? I stopped watching after Mike Ross left and to me, the series ended there. This is how I feel about Downton Abbey. <laughs> to me, Downton Abbey ended when Matthew was no longer on the show. Huh. Yeah, um, I liked him a lot. I love Dan Stevens. By the way, Elanco is saying Yellowstone is a great show. And um, this one, I, I only bring up because I think that this might be a response to Slow Horses in that it's one of those shows that the people who rave about it really love it. Um, and then it somehow just never cracked the... It, it never cracked a certain level of notoriety. Hey, did you start season two of Sweet Tooth? I wanted to ask. Okay. Why, um, because no. I was going to I was gonna say... As much as I loved season one, I haven't started it. And I I don't know why I haven't felt very invested in it. I'm so ashamed. I, I started it. I got through the first four minutes, all of which were the previously. And then I realized I couldn't remember any of it. And then I thought, maybe I'm not equipped to watch the season. This is how I felt about The Witcher. But then I watched it anyway, because I think with The Witcher, it doesn't matter. I mean, okay, but I just, yeah. All right, we've just got a couple of minutes left. Let's blow through the last few messages. Wan Xiang says, I haven't given up yet, but when season five of You uh, comes out, I'm skipping it for sure. How can a serial murderer go on uncaught for so many years? I think he'll become an emperor in the next season, then a god after that. Joe Goldberg is climbing the ladder of the serial killer corporation. Oh, Wan Xiang, I feel the same way about, uh, I used to feel the same way about Dexter. Like how many years? 
years can he go on without getting caught? He works for the police station. Guys, real life examples, people do it for years. Okay. Suddenly I sound like some sort of serial killer convention. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, MC. factually speaking, people do get away with it for years. I don't know if... But not operating not like at this, this level. Yes, yes, I know. Not like this. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Munif says, I can't believe I gave up on the Jurassic franchise despite being a dino fan. But when they made grasshoppers, it was yes! <laughs> the yes, biggest threat. As opposed to, you know, dinosaurs, I knew they lost their way. Unfortunately for me, I gave up, but it was the last movie already. <laughs> <laughs> this is a I broke up with you or you broke up with me yeah what is this doesn't matter um, gave up on Fast and Furious after the fifth movie since they transformed into Avengers Light for some reason <laughs> um what if I completely agree with you about the about the grasshoppers? Like, what a wasted opportunity. Locusts, locusts. Yes, I was going to say, but then you enjoyed the grasshopper thing <laughs> <did>. so much <laughs> that I didn't get there. Um, Surin sent a voice note that we can't get to saying he stopped watching Breaking Bad. Wow. I've heard of this. I've heard of this phenomenon. I cannot understand. So I'm just at the end of season one, which I love. Um, I'm taking a break because I don't want to finish it too fast. Surin, how can you say it was slow? Sorry. <laughs> I'm just adding on. Our producer is sending in notes of the transcript. Um, so far, I'm still on board. I'm still on board the Breaking Bad train. My The appeal of... Breaking Bad to me was... <laughs> Surin said he got bored and sleepy. The, the appeal of Breaking Bad to me was the speed. I feel like it's so fast. So I... Surin, what do you watch? <laughs> no, I'm sort of in, in a bit of shock. Um, just to close off, Jason says, how about Ted Lasso? It's a great football drama for EPL fans. Is it, Jason, or is it a great psychological comedy? <laughs> Ted Lasso, I won't stop watching, but I feel like they need to do some... Well, now we don't know whether there's going to be another season. Well, we're reviewing it in a couple of weeks, mm. so do stay tuned for that. And thank you, everybody, for uh, sending all your thoughts and messages through. We've been talking today about things we gave up on. Thank you for not giving up on us. This has been Popcorn Culture, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.